0: Hey, welcome to the John Gardena Classroom. I have a wonderful guest who I've been friends with for just over a year now, and his name is Paul Stutzman. Um, We got connected after I listened to the 307 podcast, and he just told wonderful stories about his his life's journey and all the books he's written. And I was just enamored of, of, of all the wonderful things he's done in his life. And I just had to reach out to him because I knew at the end of it that he talked about how he was from Ohio, and Amish country, and I just emailed him. And out of uh, the kind of person that he is, the respect, he emailed me back. We started talking. Uh, He actually came over to my house the first time, uh, I think back in either end of May of last year or June. And uh, he was over a couple weeks ago. We had um, dinner just down the street. Yes, we did. And now he's back again to do a little podcast with me to tell his story about the journey of his life, um, the journey of just writing books. And right here, if you're, if you're watching this on YouTube, I just have my new book that came out, Freedom to Ascend. And I, I used um, Paul's editor, Elaine Starner, who's a wonderful lady. And, um, and this is Paul's first book is hiking through so today what you're going to hear from from Paul really is how it all started you know where it began his journey through life um, all the adventures that he's been on because we want you to understand this very clearly that all of us have this unbelievable opportunity to live life to the fullest and a lot of us don't because we either don't want to take risks or we're just comfortable in our lifestyle and we don't want to rock the boat. But not taking risks equals a lack of experience and a lack of, I would say, maybe fulfillment. So Paul is a wonderful individual who explained kind of where it began and why he's able to accomplish such great things. So Paul, how are you doing today? I'm hey, doing great, John. Thanks for welcoming me up here again today. Well, um, thank you for driving here. I know it's a, not a little bit of a hike, but nothing like yeah. hiking through the Appalachians, right? <laughs> not not at all. You know what? I was just thinking
1: on the way up, and you just mentioned about living life. And I was just thinking this morning how how life... So many people exist. They don't live. Mm-hmm. And I remembered back in my restaurant career, I was a manager at Dutch Valley Restaurant in Sugar Creek, 700-seat Amish restaurant, busy. And... Uh, I met some incredible people there. One of them was an African-American pastor from Cleveland. He was in his 90s. Yeah. And we'd sit there, and we'd just talk and exchange stories. And he'd tell me stories about, uh, as a young pastor, he would be meeting with Martin Luther King. Wow. And so the history that he was giving me about that and the things he went through, some racism issues, just incredible stories. And I was telling him some of the things I'd been doing middle 50s. Mm -hmm. Hadn't done that much. I didn't think I did. But one day he came in there and I sat with him and we told stories again. He said, Paul, he said, um, I've uh, nominated you for some kind of an award. Really? In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I looked at him and said, why? Yeah. Why, why would you do that? I didn't do anything. He looked at me and said, you've lived. Hmm. He said, so many people just go through your life existing and you've actually lived. And now I'm actually writing a book right now and uh, it'll be my 14th book. And the title is called, actually called On Living. Hmm. It's about life. It's about living. And uh, I kind of borrowed the title from uh, Stephen King, mm-hmm. who wrote a book called On Writing. And anybody interested in writing, that'd be a great book to read. And in this book, On Living, there's going to be On Living, On Spirituality, and On Writing, yeah. and just a bunch of Ons. And of course, then On Dying. Mm-hmm. And dying for us Christians is not the end. It's Then it's On Eternity. Yeah, the beginning. So that's what the next book is about. But uh, I just and realized, again, coming up this morning, an hour and a half drive, thinking just contemplating my life how it's changed so much, and I realized how in the Bible it says God had plans for us before we were born. You had no idea you are going to be doing a podcast. You no. didn't even think about that, but mm-hmm. God knew that, and God knew my journey too, which we're going to talk about a little bit more, but uh, it's just an incredible life when we have the courage sometimes to just walk through the unknown where it scares us there's so much joy after we get through that frightening doorway yeah. uh, if we have the
0: courage to do it. And I think that's what it is, is um, I, you know, started this podcast. And I think what happens before you do any journey, like the door where you use Paul's example is, you, you feel like you're not worthy or, or you feel like that it's going to be a disaster <laughs> if you do it. And It right? might be actually. <laughs> and it might, you're right. It might be. But how do you know if you never tried don't sure, try it right. so I guess today you know we want everyone to understand like you need to right live your your life and your journey because my one friend who was on earlier a couple months ago John Michaels talked about it really the journey is the destination because if you look at it that way through life what are you doing you're yeah. always experiencing things new things right exactly to right. share these yeah. wonderful um whether it's hiking, whether it's biking, uh, whether it's through relationships, yeah. all these experiences you've had with others. So, yeah. Paul, why don't you why don't you start with um, maybe the, the the awakening moment for you or, or the pivot point where you, you you believe you started living?
1: Actually, and this is ironic because you just had your 40th birthday. Yeah, this and, is weekend. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry I missed your party. I That's heard, well, I heard it, it. went well. Well, you're here. That's all that matters. <laughs> right. right? So, but. Uh, <laughs> some people think 40 is old and and again this is uh, kind of tragic but about I don't know if you in the news about a month ago there's an article in there about a young lady who had uh, she was like turning 30 mm-hmm. and it was an African American lady and she jumped off her high rise and killed herself because she felt her life had just passed her by mm. and uh, she's a beautiful girl she had won some uh, contests and she was doing really well in life but she was a, she thought at 30 she's old and i was thinking about that this morning you turned 40 and at age 40 is when my life turned around Mm because i'm starting to think the first 40 years might be our training ground for god to get us ready for what's coming next yeah and so i remember at age 40 um i was running restaurants i was deeply in debt and i just was kind of aimless and i remember one night i had just turned 40 and i literally my living room floor i went on the on the floor and just wept and cried out to god and said you know what i've done it my way and i'm tired of it and now I want to do it your way. And I just gave my life over totally to God. Whatever whatever you've got for me, I'm, a, I'm willing to do it. Yeah. And at age 40 is when my life changed. And so at age 40, uh, when I committed my life to God, and that's also when I got in the restaurant business mm-hmm. and things turned around, I got out of debt. And, uh, of course, life was going along pretty well until my wife was diagnosed yeah.
0: with cancer. Yeah, let's, let's start there, actually, because um, – very similar story. Not that my life before forty was was bad or anything, but I feel like I have a new chapter of my life uh, as an author and podcaster now. And I do believe, just like you, had that experience that um, that God gave me a vision almost a year ago about influencing people to the kingdom. And I'm just trying to use my gifts and talents on behalf of Him, you know, our my, our Creator. So um, I'm gonna let Paul talk about. What happened to his wife a little bit? Um, very you know tragic event in his life, and then what happened afterwards? So go tell a little bit about, you know, she was diagnosed with cancer and um, what happened, maybe a little bit during then after she, her passing.
1: Yeah, yeah it was uh, in August of uh, 2002, she was diagnosed with breast cancer, and unfortunately, it was stage four uh, when it was discovered. And I still remember the day at the hospital after the surgery, uh, the doctor came in the room. He shut the door and and told us the news, and I said, "Well, how much time?" And he said, "Could be two months, could be two years." Yeah. And what a shock! But uh, she lived four years, and some days, I mean, some some of the time was good, but a lot of the time it was just treatment, chemo, losing hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still remember the first night after the surgery, and we were my family and I were on the on the bed. And uh, her first chemo was going through her veins. I just sat on the bed, opened the Bible at random to Psalms 91. Mm. And it talks about being the shelter of God. And, mm-hmm. and, and at the end of that chapter, it talks about how if we honor God, he will bless us with a long life. And uh, she, she just kind of grasped that scripture, and she read it every
0: day for the next four years. That's so crazy you say this because I've been reading Psalm 91 for the past couple of years every morning. Really? I haven't missed it. Okay, and the passage, the specific passage in Psalm 91 is, <laughs> I designed my, my shirt for 40 days of deliverance. It's Psalm ninety one fourteen. Those who love me, I will deliver. Wow. And that is, might have been the, the exact um, statement in Psalm 91 because it is, it's, a, it's a vow that God makes to us, right? right. That if yeah. you love me, your father, I will deliver you, what? From this life. For eternity, right? It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful yeah. passage. So go ahead, Paul. And the irony of that was, uh, I had a
1: um, scripture. Uh, I was reading the Bible through. Actually, I was writing. I was reading the Bible through twice a year. Yeah. And so it was pretty aggressive uh, reading that I was doing. And when I started this Appalachian Trail hike on March the thirty first, my reading that morning was Psalms ninety one. Really. And so, and it's just how God works and, and shows you you're at the right place at the right time. Yeah. And literally, one of those verses in, in, that's, in that chapter, now I'm going on the Appalachian Trail for which I thought was six months, but I did it in four and a half. And I had a backpack with a tent, and I'm on a trail with, with rocks and roots. And one of those verses literally says that I will protect you in your tent mm-hmm. and from kicking against rocks. And I yep. thought, oh, my goodness, I'm going on the Appalachian Trail <laughs> in a tent. And I just read
0: that. that that chapter you know i think i think when everyone needs to know this like when you're in the will of the father he will use his word as divine confirmation that you're on the right path right and i think a lot of people may have never experienced that like you said maybe you never did before you were 40 or 50 but he's always there and we want to experience that but how do you do that you actually have to get in the Word, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And my pastor told me this, and some people don't believe
1: this, but I'm telling it's true. Mm-hmm. When Mary passed away, my pastor said, look for signs from God that yeah. are just for me, for you. And uh, for people who have going through loss and you wonder the whys, uh, there are going to be signs. And in my case, that Psalms 91 was so powerful in that mm-hmm. when I signed up as a through hiker, they keep track of how many people do this hike every year. And in Georgia, I signed in. And my trail name was Apostle. We might talk about that a little bit. But I was hiker number uh, 391. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't think about it. But halfway through at Harpers Ferry, again, that's where the headquarters is. And they keep track of us. So I signed in there. I was hiker number 191, which means I passed 200 other hikers as a fifty-eight year old man. That's pretty good. That's real good. But then August the 13th of 2008, when I was at uh, Baxter State Park, that's where Mount Katahdin is. That's where the final hike up the, to the mountaintop is. Again, signed in at a ranger station, and I was hiker number 91. Wow. And It was just like God was saying, you know what? You, your wife is in heaven. She's fine. Go yeah. finish your hike and go back and write this book I told you to write, and, uh, which I, I honored that, that request. But I want people to know, especially people who've lost their spouse or loved ones or mm-hmm. whatever, that uh, look for signs from God that things are OK.
0: Yeah, my when well, my grandfather passed a couple of years ago, we came home and um, there was a, literally this cardinal sitting in our back door, and the same cardinal has been there ever since. Really? Every day. Wow. So we feed yeah. him. We feed him and his wife now. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah, Maybe that's an enticing yeah. way to, to come back to the house, but you know what, yeah. though? Um, that's that's my also when my wife's best friend passed away. This cardinal was always there in it. Right always there and I think like we said you know God uses the word or he uses nature and he he uses you know in our my case the cardinal right so Paul talk about um, did you when you were on your Appalachian Trail hike did you know you were gonna write this book I had thought about writing a book about
1: a hike in fact I had when I was a restaurant manager I always knew I'd write one book in Mm -hmm. my lifetime I thought it'd be when I retired and the book was going to be called About Life, about, or it's, no, it's going to be called It's About Living, just okay. about life. Yeah, yeah. And I had a folder at the restaurant and I'd stick some stories in there. But then when I'm on the on the Appalachian Trail hike and I had invited God along as my hiking partner and ask him questions, where were you when Mary died? Is there a reason for this? Is there anything to it? And uh, I start realizing that the Appalachian Trail was a trail that could help me tell stories. Mm-hmm. And so as I did my hike, I would journal different stories, but the, the, the book became different than what, what I had thought it would be. So this is a book about a hike, but it's also a book about healing and yeah. how, how God brings healing to your life. And so that, uh, I always knew I'd write one book, but I never knew, I, I just never imagined that I'd do more than one. Uh, but it's again, when, when uh, we make a risk, I took a risk, I quit a job at yeah. age 58. Yeah. And because of that, and I did that because God took my wife, mm-hmm. now if Mary hadn't passed away. Uh, I would have stayed at work, uh, and would and these thirteen books wouldn't have been written. So uh, I took a chance, I took a risk, and uh, God has blessed it in incredible ways. Uh, yeah. the, the, the the emails I've gotten, thousands of emails, lives changed, people brought back to church, and it's just the stories. Uh, and you'll you'll encounter that too. And that's that's why. Or, had I kept my job, yes, I'd have more money, but I'm sending some awards ahead,
0: rewards in heaven for eternity. We're going to spend a lot more time there than here. We're just camping here, Paul. <laughs> That's right. Right? We're we're just camping. And what I want people to have that visual is, like, uh, life is so fast here, right? I was just talking to a, a friend this morning about how, like, I don't know, I turned 40. When you hit 40, Some for some reason, like, you're like, okay, I'm maybe around half part of my life if everything yeah. goes well with my health, but... There's no guarantee. No. So you kind of hit that, that pivot point of your life and say, Man, what's, what's my mission? Yeah. What? And I know my mission, which is to serve the Lord, imitate Him, and exhaust my gifts for the kingdom. And your mission was to be an author and write many books. To share your life experiences yeah. with others, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it happens so
1: fast. Life happens so fast. You know, you're 40. And mm-hmm. I remember when I turned 40, I thought, you know what? It's, you know, just like you. Yeah. I'm halfway there. And uh, now I'm like 31 years beyond 40, and I look back. 40 was just yesterday. Yeah. But now it's been 31 years of yesterdays ago that I was 40. And uh, when I turned 70 a year ago, I I told God, God, I said, I want the next 10 years. To be the best years of my life. I want to do. I want to do whatever you're asking me to do. I want to do it. And uh, it's. I and I feel that everything I've done in life. And I told somebody this this weekend, it, everything I've done in life, everything good or bad, has brought me to your table today. Hmm. And that's that's our lives. Is is we may screw up, and but learn a lesson from it. You know, learn from it, and just use it to to to, forward, to go forward in life and to honor what God has for for your life. And it's always it's so much of the unknown. Yeah. It, that unknown is so frightful and mm-hmm. people are afraid to do that. But that's where growth happens when you're willing to walk through that door. and And, and when I made the decision, I literally made the decision one day at my kitchen table and I've been feeling it. I've been feeling it, it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. 58 years old, made no sense to quit a good job. but this is back uh, 2007, fall of fall winter of seven when I was still reading newspapers, yeah. Not you online, but I had to read newspaper and I was reading an obituary from a, a guy that had passed away in a neighboring county. And he had like two full lines in his obituary of, of what he did, all the different social clubs. And I just wondered if he had time for his family. Did he have time to honor God? Did he have time mm-hmm. to do mission projects? And I just started praying and asking God that I feel it's time to move on in my life and i just yeah. felt the holy spirit saying would you quit your job if you know why do you to and i thought yes i would yeah. and that's that day i realized how there's going to be a day when people are going to read my obituary mm-hmm. and i realized i could have an impact on that i could have a big impact on what that read when they read it and i thought that day i want that to be exciting i want people to read that and say this guy lived he lived, but he also lived for God.
0: Well, and that's that, that last sentence is the, the most important, or the last line is, you know, are you living for the world or are you living for the kingdom? And when you have a kingdom mindset, it's about God allowing you to enjoy the world and experiences and the journey of life, but sharing his wisdom, sharing his love, and showing you really the heart of Christ, because I know you um, hiked, was it with Padre? Padre, right. Okay, so that's this perfect segue. So yeah. talk about your relationship that you built with Padre. And you were called... Um, was uh, I was apostle. P- apostle, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was. I took the name apostle
1: on the trail. Appalachian Trail. We have uh, everybody has trail names, and so my trail name I took apostle. Well, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Paul, so I was the apostle Paul. It made obviously. sense, yeah. But the the reason I took apostle was the meaning of the word apostle is the one sense for it with a message, mm-hmm. and I thought I'm going to have a message for men. Don't take your families and your spouses okay. for granted, mm-hmm. and so it was. That was why I took apostle. And literally 500 miles up. The Appalachian Trail is a town called Damascus, Virginia. (laughs) And so I always had the Damascus as an apostle (laughs) and literally had some really enlightening experiences on that hike. But it's part of the hike is uh, if you do what's called a through hike, which Mm -hmm. means I hiked the 2,179 miles in one stretch, I, did. Wow. I mean, I, I love to quit my job to do it. People come out there and do what's called a section hike. Mm-hmm. It might take them years to do a section 100 miles every year. Uh, I did the whole thing in one season, which made me a through hiker. So you'll meet some interesting characters out there that are doing that. Typically, if you're going to do a 2,000-plus-mile hike, uh, I quit my job to do it. So you're going to meet some interesting characters. And in my hiking book, I talk about uh, different characters that I met. Of course, uh, the, the Padre was a priest up on a sabbatical. Yeah. Now, I was born Amish, raised Mennonite, mm-hmm. and uh, didn't really know that much about the Catholic world because I had one Catholic uh, family in my community. Uh, and as a Mennonite, we we just, like,
0: Apples and oranges, yeah, yeah, totally different. In, they need in God, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and so, no, and now, of course, I as I grew older, I, I realized that uh, there's there's good people in any yeah you know, in most the, in the mainstream denominations. But so now I'm on this trail, and uh, I hear about this this priest on the trail ahead of me, and uh, we have in in the trail that there'd be these shelters, and mm-hmm. the shelters have these little notebooks and shelter registers, and he would write notes in there. And uh, one day, I'm in uh, Waynesboro uh in Virginia we're just getting ready to go into the the Shenandoah National Park and I'm in a laundromat and I'm doing laundry and I had I knew that Padre had a little flute that he'd play really and so I'm in there and I got all my uh, my clothing in the the laundry and I see Mm -hmm. this guy next to me and he's got his clothes laid on the floor and uh there's a flute there and I said are you Padre and he said yes I am and that's where I met him in the laundromat and um that we had a good conversation, and from there, from there, all the way up to Maine, we'd we'd hike together, yeah. and then we wouldn't see each other for some for a few weeks. But then, toward the end of my hike, we're we're uh, together a lot. Yeah. And I was with him in uh, Dalton, Massachusetts, on the Fourth of July. We took a zero day off, mm-hmm. and we're hiking through. Uh, uh, Dalton, Massachusetts is where the Crane Paper Company is, who makes all the paper money in your wallet is made in this day. Mm. And since it's the Fourth of July. It was a holiday, so these families were on their front porches, and Padre and I were taking. We're just walking through town, we're chatting, laughing, having a good time, and uh, I I really learned to appreciate Catholic priests because I got some really good stories. Yeah, I mean, it's just stories about the the interaction we had about the belief system, and uh, it was that day in Dalton, Massachusetts, hiking through that town, seeing people in their front porches, and I, I told Padre, I said, just look at these people in their front porches. They're laughing. They're having a good time. It kind of reminds me what heaven might be like. Mm -hmm. And I said, this when I got the idea to do a bike ride across America that day. And I said, Padre, when this hike's done, I'm going to ride my bike across America, and I'm just going to get stories from people on their front porches. Well, I didn't realize that people aren't on their front porches anymore. They're either in the backyard or they're inside playing video Mm -hmm. games or watching TV. But uh, So that's where I got the idea to the bike ride, which I did do the bike ride. But I was with Padre one day, and we were having a great conversation just about anything life and uh, religion and um, we're talking uh, about different uh, beliefs and we're talking about he was talking about the paxal mystery and mm-hmm. i said i don't understand those catholic terms mm-hmm. and uh He said, well, he said, when I walk through these, uh," and we said, basically, it just means the death and resurrection of Jesus. And he said, when he walks through the deep valleys and he sees decaying trees, he said, it reminds me of the death of Jesus. And he Mm -hmm. said, when I get to the mountaintop, it reminds me of the resurrection. And uh, I asked him a Mm -hmm. few questions about his belief that I didn't really understand. He said, well, let's just tell you this. He said, I believe that Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood for remission of our sins. Mm -hmm. I said, Padre, we're, we're good. Mm-hmm. and uh, so i said that's that's the belief i have too mm-hmm. and so what i don't understand we'll just let it at that but what's interesting has been the interaction that i have had with catholic people i had a man from new hampshire and he won't mind he won't mind if i mention his name mm-hmm. but it's david gutierrez and hello david when you see this uh, yeah um uh, he had left his faith and his family and uh he went to, uh, <clears throat> he's from New Hampshire, and uh, went to a, a Walmart, and, and, he, and he loved to hike, mm-hmm. and, he, and he saw my hiking book, and he bought it, took it home, and he realized it had spirituality in it, and he was just turned off about God, and he was going to take it back, but he decided to keep it and read it, and he read it, and it brought him back to church. Now, one thing I've noticed in my book, and uh, I've, like I said, I've got thousands of emails, when my book brings people back to church it typically takes them back to their original church. faith yeah yeah and mm-hmm. so he called me one day or emailed me and said paul i read your book and this is what it did to my life brought me back to church he said i started a men's ministry and i have 15 men and he said would you come out to new hampshire and talk to my men yeah i, I said of course i will so I went out i stayed at his house and that afternoon i actually did a, a program at his that uh, their ch- at their school and that night at his parish i did a program and so Back in his house, we talked and we had a great conversation. And uh, some of the conversation was in this book, and some of it's in some other books too. But uh, he was uh, last uh, fall. He's getting ready to retire, and again, he was kind of at a point in life where he had to make decisions. And he came to my house again. And while he was there, he read my "Don't Wait Too Long" book about mm-hmm. not waiting too long. Great book. In life. I read right? that one. And, yeah. Uh, he now has one hundred people in his group, and they go to Honduras and they build uh hospitals for leper colonies wow and i realized how i honored god and left a good job and believed that there's a message there yeah and because and then david gutierrez uh, is a man that has because of my writing and honoring god it brought him back to church and uh, then the don't wait too long again brought him to tears when he realized what he had done to his family Mm -hmm. and literally on his way home stopped at a motel and wrote letters of apology to the people he had hurt. Really. And uh, it just it was just amazing how God has used I have a high school education. I shouldn't even be writing books. No, that's not true. Yeah. No, but, Paul. Yeah, no. You know it's like but no but God I tell people God uses the, the foolish to confound the wise <laughs> <And> I'm, I'm <laughs> Exhibit A. I'm
0: exhibiting Oh, you know what? God is he if you look if you look in the Bible though, look at all the characters that um that were in there that yeah. you would never think would be Um, rise to such, you know, just, I I think of David. I always think of David. My favorite character. Mine too. And and the reason why, I think probably for both of us, is he was the youngest. He didn't have strength. He didn't have this masculine build. And he was just a shepherd boy who was obedient to his father. And because of that, you know, he had the seal, or I mean, the oil poured over him. And he became, you know, the king of Israel, right? He slayed Goliath, and, and he this mighty warrior he became, yeah. uh, and he he was the greatest king besides Jesus Christ who ever reigned. Right, you know. Yeah. And but the crazy part is, is like we don't what the world thinks of strength and might is not how God looks at it. He looks at your heart, yeah. and I think that Paul, you have a a very wise and, and loving heart, and because of that, you're honoring God. And I've learned this in my own life now. When you honor God by doing his will, which was to be led by the Holy Spirit to take the trip uh, on the Appalachian Trail and write the book, you've changed hundreds if not thousands of lives from probably this book alone and all the other ones you've done. And it will for forever because they're always going to be there. So, I mean, I think for, for everyone is just you have to kind of get away from the chaos of the world and be reflective so maybe you do need to go take a hike or maybe you just need to get take a pause period from from work and find out what's your calling what's your purpose in life because before you know it like paul and i said you're gonna you're gonna be older and think to yourself what's my obituary gonna say exactly right right exactly so i mean paul talk about you know maybe not in, in detail of each Thing you've done ever since the hike but the hike was like i call it the trampoline effect where the hike through the appalachian trail led you to uh, biking across america and then i'll let you explain the other journeys you've done okay. since then
1: two years after the uh the hike i did do what i talked to padre about there in dalton i did the bike right across america uh except the, instead of doing across country i did corner to corner mm-hmm. corner of washington state to key west florida and uh, quite an adventure. And the book itself, Bob, uh, Biking Across America, uh, is about the people I met. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the journey in life is the Absolutely. people we meet. You know, we can have adventures in hiking, biking, whatever, but it's the people we meet. Mm-hmm. Along the, and, and on that bike ride, I met some incredible people. Uh, and uh, we could go into some of the stories, but we'd be here for hours. Yeah, And sure. uh, then I got this, I, I remember coming across the Mississippi River in Cairo, Illinois, and looked down, saw this Mississippi River, saw these barges, and I thought, hmm, I should kayak this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was gonna. So I bought a kayak, and I was going to kayak all the way 2,600 miles from wow. Lake Itasca, where it starts, down to New Orleans. Actually, it's 100 miles beyond New Orleans where it ends. Hmm. And so I did. I did. The, bought a kayak, bought a really good kayak. I bought a sea kayak. I didn't even know what I was buying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I bought a Kevlar kayak, and um, it was a great kayak. But it was the wrong kayak for the swamps. And Lake and and uh, Mississippi River starts in Lake Itasca in, in swamps. The first yeah. 100 miles is swamps. So I had a rudder, but I couldn't use it because it was so shallow. Mm-hmm. And so the first uh, 9, 10 days I was in swamps, just miserable, oh, miserable, oh, yeah. miserable, miserable. And then I got to a lake crossing, a seven-mile lake crossing where I got in a storm and literally thought it was going to die. And, and after I got out of that swamp and realized what I had, I had a sea kayak which is the wrong kayak for the swamp but it saved my life on that lake Wow and that's that was short-circuited by um, ironically my sisters and cousins had been on a bus trip across America which I had been invited on and said no I'm going on a on a kayak trip yeah they happened to be coming through the town of Cohasset, minnesota where i happened to be happened happened Happen, yeah. yeah and so i bailed and came home and the story that is my a book called mississippi misadventures and it's a book about that so it's not a, it's like 10 11 days but it's the most adventure packed 11 days of my life uh and the most miserable too as, far yeah. as that goes um then uh I did a hike across Spain on the community, China, Santiago. Yeah. That's a really great hike. I'd recommend that for husband and wives, but it's, it's a shorty. It's like 600 miles, something mm-hmm. like that. But uh, it's rough terrain, though. I've heard, but I've heard other people have done it. The first section is the Pyrenees Mountains, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably the toughest. The second part is called the Meseta. It's kind of plains. Yeah. And the third part is Galicia, which is farmland.
0: Um, I found it pretty easy, actually. Well, wow, you, you, that's <laughs> someone who, who hiked over 2,000 miles yeah. in the Appalachian Trail. But for those who never hiked, I'm sure yeah. it, it could be rough. Well, the thing about that hike is um, you
1: stay in these little hostels called albergs. You can actually have your luggage taken to the next alberg where hmm. you can just walk with the day pack and Mm. so and you can also do like the last hundred miles you can do that and still get what's called a Compostela, which is your certificate of of doing that hike and it's a very spiritual hike at night i'm in uh, these cathedrals every night uh with the masses not the masses of course in in spanish but i have discovered that i don't care if i understand the language or not when i'm in these beautiful buildings see the stained glass and you can just feel the holy spirit yeah and i don't care if you're in any state in America and any country, when you're somewhere in a in a church, uh, you don't have to understand the language because mm-hmm. it's the language of, of the Holy yeah, Spirit, yeah. the language of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, in a in a in a place like that with all these other hikers from all around the world, it's just the the, the, the beauty of that hike is the people you meet because there's people from all around the world that do that hike. And then the uh, most recent hike I did was in Israel mm-hmm. called the, There's a trail there called the Jesus Trail. It goes from Nazareth. Uh, go through Cana to mm-hmm. the Sea of Galilee and uh, did it and um, it for those of you who have never hiked Israel or walked I mean have been in Israel when you've been there it's a small it's a small country and uh, to be where I was in Nazareth walked out of Nazareth walked to Cana where Jesus did that first miracle Yeah, and then to Capernaum where he had his ministry and you start seeing the history of it and why he would have been in Capernaum because of the trade routes and the distance, which I I like geography, maps, and so I realized the distance that Jesus would have had to go from Capernaum back to Nazareth or from Capernaum to Cana. And several times a year, he had to go to Jerusalem for the feast. And now realize when he went from his ministry in Capernaum to Jerusalem, 70-some miles. Really? So it's a two, three-day walk. Wow. And there's like three different routes he could have taken. Yeah. And so you read the Bible so different when you've been there. You just feel it. yeah. So it's an incredible journey, Israel is. I mean...
0: was that your last uh, that was the
1: last one that i've done and i've in the last three years i haven't done that much really and part of that journey is in my two books don't wait too long Mm -hmm. and in the miracle journey which i talk about uh, a loss there that i grieved for three years deeply and so i didn't do i just i really didn't do a lot of traveling during that time it was a time of reflection of asking god why Mm-hmm. Why is a time of, of broken trust, and how do you how do you recover from that? Yeah. And so I wrote those two books, and uh, that was a three year process, and uh, I grieve loss pretty deeply. I just grieve loss deeply, and uh, but now this year, I have a hike coming up in June uh with the buddy that i went to, to israel with mm-hmm. and there's gonna be there's gonna be four of us through hikers that did the Appalachian trail We're hiking a trail called the centennial trail in south dakota okay it goes through the badlands it goes through mount rushmore actually oh, in nice. custer state park and uh, i think it'd be a fairly easy hike but then uh, i was in florida this winter signing books and a, a young man came up to me and he said do you remember me and i said i recognize you from my Appalachian Trail hike. I, I stayed at his house. Oh, really? And these boys had hiked the Appalachian Trail, and they asked me a question that uh, I was pretty happy. He, he said, Would you ever want to hike the John Muir Trail?
0: Yeah. I
1: said, Would I ever? It's probably the most scenic hike I've in heard America. That. Yeah. And, uh, but I said, You can't get a permit. I said, You got to get a permit, and they're hard to get. And uh, I said, now, if you get a permit, by all means, I'll go with you. Yeah. But I said, I don't think you can get one. And uh, Forgot about it, and I got an email from him a couple weeks ago, and he said, hey, we've got you a permit. And so uh, middle of August, for three weeks, I'm going to go with, I think it's five other young men, not young men, but men, and we're going to do the John Muir Trail for uh, the three weeks. So I've got these
0: two hikes scheduled this year. Well, you know, you you have put yourself in a position um, of adventure, and when I'm just listening to your story or stories is that, like, every – Thing you did, like from the Appalachian Trail, led you to the bike, you know, yeah, b- biking did. across America. Then you're biking across America. You're like, oh, I want to do the the canoe trip, yeah. uh, or I'm sorry, um, kayak. the kayak on, on the Mississippi. Right. But then what led you? Like, oh, I'm done with I'm done with the water. I'm going to go over to Europe and do the yeah. Camino, and then Israel, and then now you're back doing more adventures. Right. And but I think I think what Paul, what I what I hear is that. You know, a lot of people probably won't do all of these adventures, you know, that you've done. Right. You know, they would think it's astronomical to to even just do one of them. Yeah. You know, but that's what you were called to do. Yeah. And I think what people need to understand is, you know, you don't. You may not be called to hike the Appalachian Trail, but maybe you're called to do some missionary work, or right? You're, right. Or maybe you're called to um, to take a job that where you really never thought you would expect to do and it's a it's not about being in nature per se it's about the journey of a new adventure to have those relationships that you built while you're while you're there
1: right right well it's actually it's it's also it's it's being open to the holy spirit yeah and, and there's one thing i realized that uh, a lot of people don't grasp the power of the holy spirit what that really is it's part of the trinity that's within us Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and if we really are in tune to that holy spirit we'll hear and we might and i tell people this god has given everybody talents absolutely now it may be that your talent is encouraging people Mm -hmm. and when i get encouraging emails i mean that that keeps me going that encouragement is a gift Mm -hmm. and you might i i hear this over and over and i just felt like god was saying i should call this person but mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense. Why would I call that person? Yeah. Well, because probably because you've got something that person needs a thought, an idea, uh, an encouragement. And that's how the Holy Spirit works. And so just because you may think, oh, I'm, not, I'm not a great whatever yeah. art, artist, athlete, whatever, there is something within you that God put in there that it's your talent. And God has things planned for us, people that
0: we're to meet and don't miss those opportunities they really really they're there paul we're we're living proof right here like we're we're sharing this message with the world on youtube and on um the podcast platforms and if you would have told me a year ago when we just started our dialogue you know through emails he's like that i would have one my own podcast two i'd have my book written and then three to be sitting at my table talking about (laughs) our books I know, obviously, more of your journey. I would have said there's no way, right, in, in a year's span, right, right. But God works in, in mysterious ways. That, that he does. It's incredible. But you have to listen. And Paul, I, I know, I, I know how I hear the Holy Spirit. But what's one of the ways that that you can you hear His um, calling or prompting?
1: I hear it when I go walking a lot, mm-hmm. and that's why on the Appalachian Trail, when I had given up my job, my wife has passed away, and my children were grown. I really had nothing anymore except I had God and Jesus. Yeah. And I'm walking along, and I'm just talking like I'm talking to you. And I'm thanking Him for this. I'm thanking Him for that. Nature, to me, is very healing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, nature, flower, I love flowers. And uh, it's just when I'm walking out in nature, even when I'm walking, I just talked to somebody this weekend about walking. I think when you're walking, your heart's pumping a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. You're getting more blood to your your brain. You can mm-hmm. think clearer. And when I, when I suffered the loss three years ago of, a, of relationship, broken trust, I went out to the Appalachian Trail, uh, not to the trail in my town in Millersburg every day. I walk every day and I'd say, God, I need to hear from you today. I have to hear from you. I need to hear from you. And then one morning, uh, the relationship I was in, we actually were going to write a book called Don't Wait Too Long. And uh, I got distracted and didn't write it. And it was it was a mission that God had us on and I failed. And so that one morning, God said, write the book. Right, don't wait too long, write the book. Yeah. And I've written that book and there's stories in there. There's some mornings I get up, I'd have a devotions and, and the Holy Spirit said, today you're gonna write this story. And I remember one morning it was a story about the lady with the uh, alabaster jar that she broke over Jesus getting yeah. ready for burial. Mm-hmm. And, and, and God revealed that you're gonna write that story today. And I, was, I went to the prayer and I just wept. And uh, that story has been so powerful because it was written under the Holy Spirit. But uh, people, people, I remember this is early on after the hiking book came out. I got a call literally from a guy in the middle 70s. He was a Mennonite man. And he said, I read your book. And uh, he said, you talk about hearing from the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm 75 years old. I'm I'm the same religion you are, Mennonite. He said, I don't think I've ever heard from the Holy Spirit. And uh, I said, well, do you read your Bible? Yes. I said, do you pray? Yes. I said, then if you're reading your Bible, and your mind's open, you will hear. Yeah, you just will. Yeah, and so and so many people, I, I maybe maybe they expect want this wonderful overwhelming thing, and it can happen because it's happened to me, and so I'm sure it has to you too. It, it has, but it may just be this little subtle idea, thought mm-hmm. that you should do this, you should call somebody, that you think well, that's that doesn't make any sense. But the more you do that, and the more you avail yourself of that, the more you're going to hear too. I, Paul,
0: I think for everybody, I mean, for me, very similar to you. Is when your heart's moving, um, for me because I'm a, I'm a runner. Okay, so when I'm out in the morning every day, I just have this sense of clarity, and you you have more of a grateful heart when you sweat for some reason. I don't know. I, I and it sounds crazy, but when you when you sweat and you actually, I don't know if just the way God designed us as movers, that you you almost have this this clear conscious clear spirit to where the holy spirit can work with you more than just being sitting down right. and i'm not saying i'm not saying you can't hear the holy spirit that way but i have found and it sounds very similar paul that we both hear from the holy spirit more when we're moving right and in nature yeah so to everyone out, out there like our advice would be move. Yeah, move. <laughs> you, <laughs> if you want to have the movement right. of the Holy Spirit upon you, you got to move your body a yeah, little that's bit. That's a good statement there. Yes, Yeah, so well, will talk about, let's, um, I want to get towards, towards the end here a little bit. That, you know, what is your, you said earlier about your mission, or your last 10 years, that you wanted to be the most, uh, I think, I can't remember the word, it was growth or most joy or... What was that? Well, I I figure from in 10 years from
1: now, I'll be, man, I'm most afraid to say it, 80? Wow, that sounds old. You're not old, Paul. No, I'm not. I know I'm not. You don't look old. (laughs) I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm moving too fast to be old, but uh, I have lived that many years. But uh, I tell people there's a young 70 and old 70. I signed up for young. Yeah. It does not promise us anything. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, if we we eat right, exercise, and live good, we should... in in, you know it are a lot of years yeah but uh i have a few books i want to read i write yet because i know i have some ideas and thoughts that i know will will change lives and to me that's the, the the thing about the book and you'll find this in your when you get emails and letters from that somebody writes and said i read what the words that you wrote it changed my life yeah that is the reward yeah. And, and that's what I want to do I've got a few more uh, thoughts and ideas I want to get out uh, I've actually another partner and I have started a, a business called Amish Gardens mm-hmm. and we're making room sprays and medicines and salves and things like that and so I, st- I still have that business mind too that I want to create something mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know and you probably feel the same way because you're a runner you're aggressive and it's always like I got to do more. I got to do more. I got to do more. And uh, it's like, when is it? When is it enough? When do you just do nothing? Well, I can't not do anything. <laughs> just,
0: you got to do something. Paul, that it, 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 or like what he's saying is, is exactly how I feel. And um, my wife even even said she put a post out on on Instagram or Facebook and, She's like, you know, my husband has done more in 3 months than some people have done in their lifetime. <laughs> it's true. But but I again, it's not me like I'm taking action, which right. you know, when once you're commissioned by the Holy Spirit to do something, you're commissioned to do something. I always tell people it's disrespectful to the Holy Spirit and to God right. to not do anything. Yeah. So like if you have these talents, which is even with a high school education, all right, to write and to tell your story and about your journeys, like that's what you're called to do. So, and I feel the same way. Like I'm, I feel like I have a story to tell. And in my first book is is literally about how you can improve your life when you're on mission from God, right? right? And and there's strategies that I have learned in my forty years that have made me. I don't really like the word successful, but let's say um, impactful. Right. To others because we as americans have become more comfortable and that's an issue right we we're not producing anything our fruits are bare right Right. so i think what paul and i were trying to say is like you all all of you have gifts and talents why aren't you using them and why do you think most people don't use them because they don't know what they are I would agree with that.
1: They just don't know what they are, and sometimes it's a, just ask somebody. You know, and just ask them. What What do you see in me that could help other people? Uh, or pray about it. And and the fact that it, that they question it is a good is a good thing. It really. is.
0: Yeah, and I think what I've been doing this year is with my students. Um, it's called 16 Personalities Test, and what it does is it goes through a bank of questions. And rankings, and it only takes ten minutes, right? And it gives you a four-letter code, and it out of these sixteen different personalities, it gives you one that pretty much matches your who you are, right? You know, based on your what you like to do, what you're interested in. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would tell people, and I'll put it in the show notes um, on this podcast: is go through that ten-minute test, and and just reflect on what you read. Right. It may not be perfect, but it's going to tell you what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. And then what do you do from there is on you. Like, But I would say this, um, what, what Paul has stated throughout this whole conversation is, if you don't act, expect nothing. Right. And I mean that like the, the experience, the, the, the views, the relationships. But if you would literally, and this happened to me, Paul, in my small story, in my little journey of life, is I went out for a 20-mile run a little over a year, about a year and a half ago. And I saw these three runners up at up of the crack of dawn, like me, with their head torches on. Kevin Rose, the head torch, <laughs> and I just I passed them on this big hill. And about half an hour later, I saw them again, and I was prompted to ask, just, "Can I run with you?" And they've been my running group ever since. Wow. Every Saturday because of a choice you made. a long decision you made. One
1: yeah. one simple Go ahead. question. Right. Can I run with you? Yeah. One thing, too, and you're a a school teacher. Yes, sir. Now, what we do a lot of times, too, is, uh, and for people who are questioning their talents, you may actually be using your talents not knowing it. A a school teacher plants seeds. Yeah. I remember I had a teacher in school, and uh, he was only there for, I think, two years. I had him one year in in my literature class. And uh, he left, and... I think went to the Peace Mm -hmm. Corps. I'm going back to the late '60s, and um, after I uh, got out of high school, and well, actually, then later became an an author and rose writing books. I wanted to dedicate one of my books to my school teachers who had. I mean, I'm in their classes, and a lot of times I'm bored. My mind's actually outside, my body's inside, but they are planting seeds. They're planting Mm -hmm. seeds, Mm -hmm. and so I wanted to dedicate one of my books to my teachers, and so. uh, I I did do that, but I didn't know some of them had passed away, and I wanted to recognize that. And so I checked this one teacher out, and I, and I saw he had passed away. Yeah. And uh, later, I got an email from this guy, and he said I was at a church, and one guy said I I mentioned you you mentioned me in your in your book, and I said you've got to be kidding. They have internet in heaven. I said <laughs> yeah. I, I said I thought you died. And he said literally, he said it was a relative of his with the same name. Oh really? And uh, he said I want to meet you. And uh, so I met him at a restaurant, and uh, and he just, we just were talking. And I said, uh, uh, I want you to know that sitting in your literature class, I said I can still remember sitting at the back of the class. You're describing a story that Jack London had, the the, the author, about a, a man that was in the, out in, in Alaska. I believe it was in the winter, and uh, he was freezing to death. Yeah, and he built had a had a little. Had a little pile of sticks there and and he was up there describing how he was lighting these matches trying to get this fire going mm-hmm. and and as a student i'm listening to this story i never knew who jack london was but I, I now do and um, finally he got down to one match and he lit that match and the fire stuck his stuff burst and it's wow. like all is well well all of a sudden a big clump of snow dropped down and extinguished the fire really and the man died um, or i assume he died yeah was yeah it. but i read uh literature in high school because i had to mm-hmm. after i got out of high school and i was raised with no reading no tv so and when i discovered the library to me that was the gold mine yeah. And so but i so i read all kinds of books but after high school I start reading literature books because I wanted to, yeah. based on what, but his teaching had given me the interest in in classic literature, and I, I was Henry David Thoreau is my favorite author. Life in the woods—it's—it's it's so deep that it's like I tell people it's like the dog that chases cars and finally caught one, didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, that writing is so deep. Sometimes you just this, but it's incredible writing. So I was, so I met with this ex-literature teacher, and I told him this. I said, because of what you were teaching me, I now read all these literature books, and I now write books. That man sat there with tears in his eyes.
0: He said, I never knew I made a difference. You know what? As a teacher, so I can I can speak upon this. You really only hear oh just maybe a couple stories. You know, I can maybe count on both my hands where I feel like I really made an impact. Right. And again, it's not about being self righteous. No. It's about delivering to an individual hope. Right. And exactly. planting those seeds of hope. And right. because we know as teachers and mentors that you see something good that they do well, right, that they don't see yet. So, like, our, our mission, our objective should be not only teach the content that we enjoy teaching, but also building up these students to be great great parents one day, business owners, maybe authors. Right. And they never thought of in a million years that yeah. they would do it. And that's the beauty of life yeah. is that we should all be building each other up, whether you're a teacher or not, you know, is right. a parent or um, an uncle or whatever it is. So, you know, Paul... Uh, I man, we could sit here all day, and I, I love these conversations. Um, so one thing that I want you to tell the listeners before of how they can reach you and how they can reach in you and read your books is what's the big message since you lived such a, a fascinating life of, of your 70-some of your years? And like that obituary message that you talked about earlier is what would be – I'll, I'll paint a picture for you you get to heaven what does God say to you that you wish you want to hear maybe I'll put it that
1: way yeah actually if if you want that actual conversation it's actually written and don't wait too long when I when I write about approaching heaven what I want God what Jesus to say mm-hmm. and I want him to say you're here because you didn't wait too long you made the decision to honor me you made the decision to follow me you made the decision to give your life to to Jesus uh, one other thing and there again you ask about how they can reach me if they go to hikingthrough.com or my name paulstutzman.com mm-hmm. my books are all there but I wrote uh, the most recent book well actually the most recent book I wrote was was a children's Ch- book which um, I awesome. have that, you have yeah, that children's cloud book? yeah cloud factory beautiful cloud factory and yeah. there's actually the second one in the works there but the one before that was released a year ago it was called uh, the miracle journey mm-hmm. and it's the journey of recovery from loss and in in my life i i had a young friend i was 15 he was 14 and he died in a bike wreck he was right beside me wow and so and then of course my wife passed away of cancer Uh, i lost both of my parents in within a week wow and then i've lost a brother-in-law i've lost a sister-in-law and uh so i've had a lot of loss and so the miracle journey is a journey from loss to hope and you Mm -hmm. just mentioned on that Mm -hmm. that book the miracle journey is about hope I don't care what you're going through whether it's the loss of a spouse a child a job divorce whatever yeah there is hope but there's a journey involved mm-hmm. and i write the book the miracle journey based on the children of israel they were in egypt <laughs> but they belonged in canaan mm-hmm. and to get there they had to go through a wilderness now they could have done it in 11 days but for some reason god knew that that 11 days probably wouldn't have worked right so he took them through a, uh, 40, Forty years. The, and it, the, again, they were they were at the border and, was, and spent 38 years wandering about there. But during that time, they spend a lot of time looking back. Mm-hmm. And we do that when we go through loss. We, our spouse passes away. We look back with regrets, uh, which is normal. But our hope is not in the past, it's in the future. Just like the children of Israel, their hope was in Canaan, mm-hmm. but they had to go through this wilderness. And that's the journey called grief yeah but my my message is there is hope just keep going don't stop just keep going through that journey feel it feel it live it too so many people don't want especially men uh they don't want to grieve it's painful mm-hmm. we're problem solvers so our spouse passes away pain is intense how do we solve our pain well we get married again and we do it too quickly yeah, And so it's, and that couldn't be any, any loss could be a divorce and getting married too quickly. It can be losing a job and it's anything mm-hmm. it's, you got to feel the pain. You got to go with the journey. And, uh, once you get through that and you've grieved it, then you're ready for the, the for the, the new life. But just know when you're in the middle of it and you feel like tomorrow, today, tomorrow is just not worth it. It is because there is hope one more day, one more day. We were always told on the Appalachian Trail. People ask me, did you ever want to quit? And I said, yeah, every night. I want to quit every day. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm but what sure. we're told is if you really plan to quit when you're doing a through hike like that, at least go one more day. day. And yeah. that's the same when you're journeying through your grieving. You know, don't give up because there is hope, and your hope is in Canaan, and that's where you're heading. And I wrote the, I wrote the Miracle Journey as I invite some Old Testament prophets along on our mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. And as we go on this journey, we put down signposts for people that are following us, hey, just follow these signposts, it'll, it'll take you to Canaan. And that's what the miracle journey is about. And wow. people who suffered loss, and they read that and realize this this guy's been through it. He understands loss. And uh, so th- that book is a pretty powerful book for people who've, s- who've suffered loss.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think my personal experience, and you have way more wisdom um, in your life, but I think if everyone would understand that, you're gonna struggle and i look at it you know as as christian men is that i don't look at it as a negative i actually look at it as a embracement period because there's no one who suffered more than jesus christ right right, right. so when i suffer i try to put myself not in christ's shoes but to be there right. on that journey to the to calvary and say you know what you you did this Right? right, to save us, for, to get to Canaan, to get to heaven, right? right. So whenever you have that, that suffering period, my best advice would be just put it on Christ. Be, be with him on right. that on that journey right. because when you do that, the Holy Spirit comes in. This is what I, I, I have felt strength from the struggle, yeah. whether physical or emotional. And once I align it with Jesus, Jesus's suffering, something happens, where this burden kind of comes right. off, and it, it allows me to um, feel fulfilled. That you know what, I have, I have that resurrection moment, right, right? right. of hope, that I'm gonna get out of this storm. And after, it, and this I've witnessed this myself on my front porch. There'll be a nasty storm come through. And then all of a sudden, the the sun will peek through, and you look outside, and you see what a rainbow. Right. And that was wow. God's sign of a covenant He made with Noah yeah. to say, "You're my chosen people. Yeah. I love you." So, I think for everyone, you know, just with Paul being here, such wisdom um, from everything he's done. You know, not just the hiking, but how to live life. Um, one, I like that one signpost at a time. Right to get to the destination but again to have the destination of eternal um just being internal paradise you got to enjoy the journey but we know you're going to embrace suffering through that but live one day at a time so what a great message paul gave to us today anything else paul well i would tell people
1: uh on the Appalachian trail there's a sign on top of Mount Katahdin that, that said it's the end of the trail. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was so easy sometimes to get up there and I just want to get that sign. I just mm-hmm. want to get there. And in life, so often we have these destinations in mind and mm-hmm. that's so focused on that. We miss the day to day journey. The, the joy is in the journey. The joy is in the day to day journey. And because, because when I, when I hit that sign on, on Mount Katahdin, I realized I had no job to go back to yeah. and my wife was gone and I thought, this is it. It's over. Yeah. And, but then, of course, I realized I needed to write a book too. But uh, there's also these things in life when we get these storms in life, it causes our roots to go deeper. Either mm-hmm. it'll either be deeper or we're going to be shallow. Yeah. I hiked through um, the Smoky Mountains and a storm had come through there and literally uprooted these trees, huge root systems uprooted. I was in, uh, I had just left West Virginia. I was in Maryland when a storm hit me and I wrote about the storm in here. And it's a horrible storm. The tornado came through, ripped out hundreds of trees. And out in, the, in an open field was an oak tree. And I literally went out there and grabbed that tree and held on to it for dear life. And its roots were deep enough to hold me Yeah, because it weathered storms and so when the storm comes get your roots deep in jesus and you'll weather any storm that comes along and uh you see it in life how many people a storm comes along and they just don't know what to do and it's just like they they give up no weather it you get stronger your roots are going to go deeper and you'll be able
0: to weather these storms and i think that's um that's so true paul because people i have what i mean i've witnessed every day people don't know what to do their their emotional states are very unstable because they haven't found peace and joy in christ so once you once you know that and you know that you're going to be taken care of you'll be delivered because you love him go back to psalm 91 absolutely you're going to be protected by his love he wants to protect you and love you throughout the journey of life but the question is are you allowing him to come into your life in your heart now we both talked about psalms 91 and i
1: want people to know whatever you're going through in life, there are verses in the Bible that will absolutely help you. When I was mm-hmm. going through my pain of the loss of the relationship, I, I literally, on my phone, I've got dozens of scripture verses mm-hmm. that I read about hope. And, and I go back to David. I love David. You oh, know, he would, he would, there's one chapter in there. He's lamenting and he's cursing his enemies and may they be this, may they be that, and I'm this, I'm lost, I'm hopeless but yet I will praise you. <laughs> it's yes, like, I'm yeah. thinking, that's me.
0: Yeah. So, well, Paul, thank you for um, coming on today. John, I enjoyed it. It was, uh, it's always a pleasure to, to be in your presence. Um, talk about the journey of life. Talk about the importance of Christ in all of our lives. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, for everyone, please just take action, move your body, listen to the Holy Spirit. And once you do that, your life the trajectory of your life changes so everyone be good be blessed Uh, we both love you and this class is dismissed this episode is brought to you by survival rubber survival rubber which is the most packable portable reliable fire starter on the market no ropes blocks chunks powders or even portions slim and sleek packaging so you can throw it in your wallet pocket Pack it up. Fits in the palm of your hand whenever you need it to light it up and get the fire going. You can purchase Survival Rubber at survivalrubber.com or on Amazon. If you are really enjoying this show, please, it helps me so much to promote this to different areas of social media and to get the word out for people to listen. So if you can, just find the show online, view it in iTunes. Once you're in iTunes, select Ratings and Reviews. Select a star icon to leave your rating. Hopefully, it's a five star. I appreciate it. The pop-up window is going to appear for you to write that review. So if you could finally do this for me, if you haven't already, please re- leave a review and please share on your social media.